0: Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears.
1: Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out
0: Speaking of spirits and emotions, in our hiatus, the, the last of the first generation of rock and rollers passed away, and that would be Jerry Lee Lewis, who was a Mississippi native, so we do share that, but not much else in common. Uh, he was 87 years old. He was called the killer, and I, I mean, if you read about the guy, he kind of seemed like a, let's just say, a piece of shit uh, kind of human being. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But he was also extremely talented. Uh, Sam Phillips actually said he was the most talented musician, black or white, he ever encountered. And Lewis himself said, I never said I was the greatest. I said I was the best.
2: So, uh, insane. He saying, was their Kanye. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: Wasn't that Kanye said something like that? He was like, oh, yeah. the only yeah. thing said about... Where I'm at is that I'll never get to see myself play or something like that. Like, oh God. I can oh never God. go to one of my shows.
3: Oh, poor Kanye. <laughs> uh,
0: he's, he's missing out on his own greatness, you know? <laughs> what, I mean, cause Jerry Lee Lewis, I mean, I grew up, he always knew the hair, and then he had the two really big songs, right? A mm-hmm. whole lot of shaking going on and uh, Great Balls of Fire. And I'm, mm-hmm. I probably know a few more, but like not off the top of my head. What is your experience with Jerry Lee Lewis, Neil?
3: Just rock and roll in general, I think um, I was kind of into him when I first got into music, just like kind of when you're a kid, and at least I did, you got into the 50s just original rock and roll. I remember kind of great balls of fire definitely stood out as a kid. Other than that, I never really uh, I never really looked back or revisited. I've never like sat down and put on a Jerry Lee record. Um, <laughs> what was the movie uh, who played him?
0: I mean, I think the movie was called Great Ball Spider. Dennis
3: Quaid, right? Yeah, yeah. That was fun, but honestly, I didn't think, uh, I haven't thought much of him in years, but I do recognize he had some good hits, and he was a piece of shit.
0: Well, just to to, to clarify, he did shoot his bass player in the chest. He was married seven times, pretty much, you know, was allegedly like abused every single one of them, and one of them was his 13 year old cousin. So, you know, that's kind of what we're referring to there.
3: Yeah.
2: I didn't know he shot his bassist in the chest but i do remember a hard intro to one of his songs that we played uh in the band for the kings oh yeah what crazy crazy oh yeah and it oh, took yeah. me a oh, while wow. and it was like i needed that training to learn the tradition and it kind of helped help my whole boogie
0: yeah, well, so I, I mean, Mike, you as a you know playing piano. What what do you call it? like? I, I don't want to say you as a keys, piano, organ. Like, what do you? What's actual the actual? dude would you just say piano player? And then all the other stuff is kind of like, he knows how to do that too. I say I play the keys. Okay, so p- playing the keys. When when I think about like early rock and roll, and I think about Jerry Lee Lewis, I'm like, all right, you know, he's he's definitely a little more rambunctious than say Bats Domino, who would which would be another another early guy. But I mean, what what's the difference really between his playing and Little Richard's playing? Is, is I it... have
2: no clue. I <laughs> honestly can't tell the difference. No, I don't know. I mean, I think Rich, Little Richard has his fire, which is kind of like a faster. And then Jerry Lee Lewis has his fire. He played fast, but it was still he was a bigger lumbering guy. You could hear it in his playing. It's the only way I can describe it. It's a it's a similar genre. Maybe Little Richard's a little more rock and roll Jerry and Jerry. Jerry's Lewis a, little is a little more
0: little boogie, more boogie woogie, woogie kind of country.
3: I yeah. feel like um Jerry Lee Lewis was a little bit of a show off. Kinda of like I feel like I'm talking bad of the dead all around, but Kind of like Van Halen, but I'm not saying Van Halen was a terrible show off, but just someone who like just was using all the tricks just fast and whipping the keys around just to kind of like really like make a statement.
0: Well, yeah, the story with Jerry Lee was that like he could literally hear a song once and play it immediately. Hmm. Like he had like that kind of intuition of, oh, that and then just do it. And he yes, he was a show off. Basically when he started going on tour and nobody really wanted to follow him, but he would also get into arguments with people about him playing last. And then I guess there's a story where he was on tour with somebody. I, I don't know if this is true. This is like rock and roll mythology. But he was on tour with Chuck Berry and he was like, fine. You want to end the show? Fuck it. Set his piano on fire at the end and, and he walked off stage. He was like, follow that motherfucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, rest in peace, Jerry Lee Lewis, for his contributions yeah, yeah. to rock and roll. Not for his contributions to humanity. Uh, in general, <laughs> uh, and how you treat other people, obviously. But uh, as you heard, uh, we do have a special guest for the next uh, few weeks, and that is our friend and keys player, pianist, Mr. <laughs> Michael Russick. Uh, Mike, welcome to Podgate Rock and Roll to you.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Old friends. I'll yeah, old do. friends.
0: It's it's going to be fun having you on here for the next few weeks. We we already have a rapport because. As we mentioned, what well, shit, you and Neil have been playing in bands together since I don't know how long. Yeah, since the '90s. <laughs> and you and I played in a band together for years at the beginning of the teens. So, yeah, and we all three were just in a studio recording some music for The Kings. Amazing music, which we we're excited about, and that's why we were on the hiatus. But Mike, you being a guest, we like to ask our guest a, a couple questions, just so the the all the listeners of Podcast Rock and Roll can can get a an idea of who they're dealing with for the next I'll try year. to be
2: as transparent as I can.
0: Hey. <laughs> you know, that's up to you. Uh, <laughs> the uh, so the first question is basically like just give us a little bit of an overview of your musical tastes.
2: Uh okay, yeah. Um I was raised in to some jam band and Americana, James Taylor. My first concert was Jimmy Buffett paul simon was big in the house indigo girls yeah there there was female go. representation nice. nice there you go and and uh being from maryland uh the band little feet was huge in our area so that sound was constant
0: which is funny you say that because they're a band from la california yeah. who
2: sound like they're from New the Orleans. bayou and <laughs> And it all when you add that together, it equals Chesapeake Bay, brackish waters.
3: Well, no, hold on. I I didn't get into Little Feet till I moved away from Frostburg. I got into well, Little Well, it was and the boom. Baltimore,
2: DC area. Okay, HFS okay. was the. I big... think maybe just around
3: that time. I don't know. Maybe the internet and just like kind of more people i don't know i just feel like i never even heard of them in college we had it on school. our
2: radio constantly on the way to school every morning dixie chicken was going and hfs was a big that was their biggest station that was their biggest fan base in america and then they had the uk was their other big fan base and uh, they were they were, big, they were big they were big they, hey
0: they were big in the south too i mean i uh, you yeah. cut co- you come yeah. down where i'm from people know little feet atlanta
2: well they got oh atlanta you know so that's big
3: yeah, like I said, I mean, when I moved to Boone, it was nothing but Little Feet everywhere. Like, all the good musicians in town, it was all about Little Feet and kind of that southern rock sound, even though they're not necessarily southern rock. But well,
0: um, not to, not to uh, interrupt, but let, let's, let's not make this a, a, a Little Feet-centric uh, episode of this podcast. Mike, so we're, 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 we're going to school, we're hearing Little Feet, we're hearing Indigo Girls, Paul Simon, <laughs> uh, James Taylor... Okay, so that's a good, and then jam bands. So that's kind of your, that's Michael Russick's
2: Yeah, and then there's like, a, you know, an indie emo side, like a Ben Harper kind of vibe to what I like, too. That whole singer-songwriter, poet-artist mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay.
0: Cool. Now, we don't have to get deep into this, but your favorite of the jam bands?
2: Well... Uh, yeah, it depends on what you. I mean, there's only a couple, but I mean, the Grateful Dead for sure are. Yeah, that's the right At the center of things. <laughs> but I got to go on. I a got to go question. On, but I got to go on tour on a summer tour, traveling to watch fish in 1998, which is a pretty fun year to go do that. You know. Yeah, yeah, you were you were in early. On the funk and, and all that, the funk mm-hmm. years.
0: That was your first tube. Some might say. Uh, <laughs> okay so so speaking of that speaking of tour following him around and going on tour so we also like to ask our guests uh second question is give me like your top two three max shows that you've seen live neil young
3: sweet for
2: over three hours at the forum without stopping i don't know how he did that at 70 years old. He just had a birthday. I think he's 77 now. Hey, happy birthday, nice,
3: Neil. Nice. Good answer again. What's your second favorite?
2: Leftover Salmon at Merlefest. Fest, my introductory uh, expose of Leftover Salmon. Leftover Salmon. <laughs> I knew Josh was going to like
0: Leftover Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
2: Is yeah. that where you met close to death? Uh Merle Yeah, close to death. That was the first time that we saw him later at another festival. He kept passing out, and people kept writing on his face at every festival. Uh, what? He was close to death.
3: That's just yeah. what it, Mike nicknamed him, I think. What, some guy
2: I, that you just brother. kept seeing at festivals? My brother said, they said just, that guy yeah, looks like, close to death. And I said, that's his. yeah, and then we just started calling him. That.
3: And then we <laughs> we were playing that little like sunshine festival, right? That's where we were talking about it. You came mm-hmm. to see our little stellar cellar
2: project and my tent got stolen yeah yeah yeah. I remember that how do you let your tent
0: get stolen
2: I left it around
0: (laughs) Ah. you forgot it you didn't come back to it for a while Uh, (laughs) uh, okay so last question so if I were to say Mike what is a like newer band that you would you would say you know what I like this newer band give us one of those for the listeners just you ever anything heard in until... the
2: Dizzy Gillespie Big
0: Band now <laughs> uh... <laughs>
2: um no i I've, I've seen a couple uh, i saw a really cool band at the troubadour um heartless bastards they mm. were really good
3: yeah yeah
0: weren't mm-hmm. you guys
2: there yeah i was there i saw you yeah, yeah we hung out yeah yeah we saw you. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay troubadour's yeah. come back heavy like it almost got like Shut down, and then it got swooped up, saved, and now I feel like I've been to the Troubadour more times in the last two years yeah. than I've ever been. I was, I was no. there two
0: weeks ago to see the Future Birds. It was great. Troubadour's um, kicking ass right now. It was kicking ass. And on, and on that note, you were listening to Pod gave rock and roll to you. And this week, we're going to be kicking some ass, talking about <laughs> Nina. <laughs> Specifically, her 1983, 1984, depending on which version we're talking about here, a smash hit. 99 Luftballons Balloons, or in America, 99 Red Balloons, from her album Nina and 99 Luftballons Balloons, written by Carlo Cargaz. Uh, well, the German lyric was written by Carlo Cargaz, and Kevin Macalia did the English translation. Uh, it was composed by Use Ferenkrog Peterson. That's my German accent there. And produced by Reinhold Heil and Manfred Reker and released own epic.
3: Yes, Balloons. I'm here to talk about the German version. Um, We can talk about it all, for sure. In Uh German. (laughs) This song certainly falls in that kind of 80s nostalgia kind of place where we've been before on this pod. But I do think this stands out just because of the time and place it's it's so europe 80s protest berlin wall like it you know i think i learned more recently probably in the last 10 years that it was even a protest song obviously i had no idea what she was saying but i just love the damn melody i love like just the power pop of it you know i've never heard more of a drastic contrast from like beautiful 80s synth melody to like almost a casio keyboard funk like it it sounds like they just stopped the song and someone hit like the casio button Um, but it is a dramatic very catchy chorus it's not like difficult i think it is accessible it's very simple but catchy it's just popped up on my radar popped up on spotify recently i can't say i had planned on picking this song for a while but i don't know there's just something cool about that it is so good in the in the german native i have no idea what uh, she's saying and i think from pod listeners they know that i don't really listen to too many lyrics so this is right up my alley it's just a great song. And unless
0: you understand german you probably don't know what these lyrics are either
3: <laughs> yes yes so for 30 years i had no idea what the fuck she was talking about but um it's about time we talked about a song that was not in our native language so i picked this <laughs> wait
2: one. i don't understand did you listen to the English version or the German version for the last 30 years?
3: The German version was the hit. I mean, I don't, the English version wasn't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I didn't
2: even know the German version existed till this week. Well, it was the
3: biggest hit. Uh, it was the only one that charted in the U.S.
2: Yeah, the English version um, did not
0: chart in the U.S. It charted high in other countries, but the German version was number two in the, on the U.S. charts.
2: Really? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, so it,
1: it, maybe I just
2: never noticed because I don't listen to the words much either.
3: Yeah. Well, and the,
0: the the song has more of it's more of like a kind of the vibe tone quality that's going on there. And then, you, you know, 99,
1: loved balloons.
0: You hear 99 in balloons and you're like, all right, well, I guess she's singing yeah, okay. in English. <laughs> yeah, it's, then, it gets no. works because of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh. I mean, I, look, I yeah i remember this song i don't i don't really have much nostalgic feeling for it i mean it did come out the year i was born so i guess we are uh you know we've aged together uh, i would like to think i've aged better but i'm not really sure about that um it depends on which side we look at it. exactly exactly mike but it does it kind of falls in that morass of like 80s female pop music that you know are very catchy and you know every time i hear a song like this i'm like okay the music video has to have like a woman with really voluminous hair and a headband, maybe probably showing a lot of one shoulder. Which then you realize it's German and like, no, there's going to be leather involved. And uh, no, still the voluminous just... hair though. But <laughs> but you know this song I remember, I you know I know this song for two reasons, right? It's the the breakdown lick, the boom, and that's what you walk away from <laughs> the song, right? If somebody says this song, you're like, oh yeah, the boom, 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 that comes into your head. No. You're or you're like. 99 love balloons or red balloons and you're like that's what you hear and you say what the fuck is she talking about basically those are the two things i think about when i think about this song
2: and the me- yeah the melody which they yeah. imitate on so there's yes yes there's- you're right
0: the melody is is very nice but it, in general it's a fun song and the parts come together well and there's good energy That it has something memorable memorable to discuss with the with the riff and with the what are love balloons so I guess I do get why you picked the song, but I also don't. If that makes sense.
3: <laughs> well, it's just very interesting. Yes, it's not uh, normally what we go for, but it's in a different language. It's very. It's like a, a oddly funky, catchy protest song. So there's there's a lot to talk about. It's it's
2: unique. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I kind of said the same thing. I was like. Who chose this? I know. Michael's like, is it too late to change? (laughs) Well, what's what's your history with this
0: song, Mike? Do you have any?
2: Oh, yeah, I do, actually. I'm pretty sure I played this song in an 80s cover band called (laughs) Sensei John Kreese and the Cobra Kai Dojo. Before Cobra Kai was ever around as a TV show, these Mm -hmm. guys were putting on an 80s band in the OC. Love it, love it. (laughs) And we all had a character and I think I was the put him in a body bag, Johnny guy, whatever that guy was. <laughs> yeah. And we all had to wear these things. Anyway, I think that was one of the songs. We did. So that was my first real involved history with it. And then I just think it's cool looking now though. Like, cause it's something you heard the whole time growing up. But I knew all the vibes of it, but I, to know that it's a war protest song, but it sounds so happy and you think it's happy because of the balloons. I like how, poetic mm-hmm. that to to think what he's thinking like that the balloons were going over the berlin wall and just goes wow these things deep maybe there's a reason this song has stood more of a test of time than other songs that have similar sounds maybe there is yeah some i
0: mean well the, the whole picture of the balloons is it's it's a very sweet picture right and and the song starts off with that it's basically just like some synth heavy synth and then just like da 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 It's very slow. I don't I don't even know if that is that a retard as
3: as we like I think I don't I think, think we're it, allowed I, to say that anymore, <propia> <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> I think as they go into it da-da. Da-da. <laughs> And then
0: that goes on. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I did not realize before this week how long that fucking part goes on. It's just like but
2: the- no it's two parts. So there's the intro. Yep. Yeah. Then there's this intro two, and then there's intro three, and yeah, then the true. song starts. <laughs> and then it's three like they intros. just start running. You just see, yeah, yeah. Ninety nine, da da da. <laughs> and then Neil was saying he like he likes the chorus. I'm like, the chorus is the verse. It's like this weird thing where it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I guess it's this just thing the melody. Defies the, all the,
3: the hook, I should say, not the chorus.
0: My favorite part of the song, I'll say this since we're talking the hook and that breakdown, is the way she flows into
1: "99 love balloons go
0: by," boom, 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 and it kind of, it really the the melody kind of floats off there. And then if this song's about a bomb, it's funny because again, I didn't know that what this song was about either. I mean, I kind of figured the balloons were either about something alien-like or some kind of like peaceful thing, but. I also probably just thought that it was about, it was a dumb song about somebody floating a bunch of balloons, but um, the it was uh, about it. But when you hear that, it's a bomb. When it goes to that breakdown, boom, 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 boom. It almost feels like a bomb exploded and everything's slowing down, and you're a little wobbly, you know.
3: Well, that that one note at the beginning of the breakdown, where it's like. Ba-na-num-bum-bum-bum. Ba-na-num-bum-bum-bum. like they go to it quicker and then they stop doing that like in that little funky part there it's there is some intricate little changes and I feel like they it's just long enough like any longer it's like all right never mind just turn this off
2: <laughs> I, I thought it was so cool how much time they give to little changes and atmospheres and vamps and stuff and the organ solo and the different keyboard patches
0: well, and you have that that guitar kind of comes in to give it a little bit of an edge a little bit of rock feel you know it kind of just st- starts coming in sparsely i would say like midway through and yeah
3: yeah well it, guitar or peak guitar? <laughs> i think it's guitar uh <laughs> Well, I, are you talking about the... Comb no, comb no, 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 no. I'm talking about... It's underneath. It's like...
0: Ch-ka-chonk, ch-ka-chonk, oh, yeah, he just starts kind of chong it's uh I don't think you can
3: say
2: that either, Chuck. I can't say chickity-chong talking about a guitar sound? Get out of here, Mike.
3: Can you please retard the chickadee chong
0: Oh, boy. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think... Well, let's get into the lyric just a little bit now. Uh, and, and he, again speaking about none of us knew what the lyric was about right so it's really more about the story around it right
3: because mm-hmm.
0: you really don't carry like red balloons this and that luff balloons i don't even know what a luff i mean i guess luft is red and
3: no air up
0: oh luft luft, luft. that makes sense
2: I think this song is all about running in place on a dance floor and going like, ah, ah, Well, the thing is,
3: <laughs> yeah, it is definitely kind of about that's that. That's
2: all it is. It's like a bunch of angst coming out. It's like Eastern European yeah, angst. Just yeah.
3: Like, but yeah, it in German, it's 99 air balloons. It has nothing to do with red. Red just kind of made sense for the English translation.
0: Well, and they said that, I mean, the one story I read on Wikipedia was, one. the guy who wrote it was at a Stones concert and they mm-hmm. let all these balloons down and he was just like, huh, it'd be funny if they did something like, and he was just, sound like he may have been <laughs> wonder, on some substances, he's by just the way, he was a like, joint, like looks Whoa, cool. <laughs>
3: man, they're gonna think that's aliens. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be 100, but one popped, so 99 of them went. And he saw him going towards the Berlin Wall and wondered what happens when they enter Soviet space.
0: Oh, and then he's like, I wonder if they would like actually go to war because of I think of this. it's a
2: bomb, right? So ah. that was the whole fantasy, that this whole war got started when nobody really meant anything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that it was like, I come in peace. He comes in peace, kill him. Well,
0: hey, there, there's the power of inspiration and creativity right there. Uh, another band inspiring by um, their... So
2: Spectacle. The Spectacle.
1: The spectacle yes.
3: Yeah, it's funny. The lyrics, there's not much you can say. I mean, there's the German tra- or the English translation of the German lyrics. Which they which don't I like. I think are better than... Well, not, not the English version of the song, but if you just translate st- the straight German, it's better.
2: because So it, it didn't have to get fit. It didn't have to well, fit
3: In the right. English version, you can tell she doesn't know where the syllables and the emphasis uh, yeah. is. You exactly. know what I mean? She's like, <laughs> yeah. all over
0: the place. It's true. It's it's not as good. The German version is much, much better. And
3: it's just so cool to hear her sing that way, because it's so foreign, obviously. Um, and it's just kind of sounds and noises, and I like the way she uses her voice and kind of, and you know, is very sweet, but then kind of rock and roll and grunty, kind of punky in some spots. Captain Kick.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, she <laughs> look, she makes the German language sound beautiful in places, which is uh, not something you hear often when you hear the German language spoken. And I say that as a, being a quarter German, so... I guess that's okay. Now the
2: Germans are against you. You're really uh, alienating a lot of people on this one, Josh.
0: <laughs> Guitar players, music music nerds, uh, German people. I'll take it. <laughs> I do. I do agree. Her voice is very. There's a lot of effect there, but like it, it does, it it floats. Uh, mm-hmm. Pun intended, obviously, and it, it sounds really lovely, and especially the beginning, loftily. Love to leave. There you go. To continue the puns. But the beginning and the end when she slows down especially it's very like,
2: mm-hmm. ah,
0: like easy going and this and that and it's actually if you read what the last verse is is, is basically the city's now in rubble because this dude's left a, you know, dropped a bomb and then she, you know, picks one up, up the balloon and she thinks of you. And, and that's mm-hmm. the same in both translation as the last line. I think of you and let it go. There you go. It's a very universal yeah. statement there.
3: Yeah, I love uh, I love the, the, the moody beginning and end is great. You can almost hear the fog. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and just the song in general is very visual, even if you can't understand um, what it's about. Because I, before I watched the video, I had a certain picture in my mind of what this brought or what I thought it looked like. And then watching the videos and all the videos, I mean, they really worked this. There's a lot of live stuff out there. Cause it's a cool song and the girl's super cute, so let's let's record this as many times as we can.
0: <laughs> when you can, you can. Re- you're really living off of that that riff breakdown, whatever, in the song. And because they kind of live there for a little while, it gives you a break in between. And you're almost like it. it almost, in a way, you're like ready for her to start singing again.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, you're you're it's you're just ready. Give me that drum roll. Let's get back into
2: it. Oh uh, yeah, it just works. It just works. Yeah, the the the, the amount of time space and the amount of voice that you hear of hers and by the time you're like all right i need a break they give you the break and then by the time the break's gone you're like all right i'm ready for it yeah just it work. the arc of the song somehow works even though there's no arc
0: yeah and well and you know i think that's probably a testament to to really i was reading just about the the producers Heil and Praker, which seems like i'm not saying wikipedia is always right or always wrong it's probably falls somewhere in the middle but, like, Praker's, it really doesn't talk about this song at all. But Heil, it does. And basically, these all of these people in this band and the producers, they were all musicians in bands in the in the German New Wave movement. Which, obviously, this is New Wave. I don't know what, what differentiates German New Wave from English New Wave uh, or British New Wave other than language. But Funky it, it all kind of sounds the same to me. Why I mean, is
2: it obviously New Wave just to help educate a jam bander like myself
0: when i think new wave i just think since
2: mm-hmm. guitar is, the, is not important who's the quintessential new wave person
3: um devo
2: or uh, you
0: know like we did a soft sale song soft mm, soft sell for sure song on here um
2: but it's defined by the synth usage.
0: To me, that when I hear new wave, I'm just like, oh, okay, they're doing mm-hmm. these like. Phil Collins what?
2: is not considered. No, he's no, pop. he's no, no. pop music. Is it, and it's connected more to punk. To what? Punk and synth, kind of a, a fusion yeah, yeah. of punk and synth. Yeah, well,
0: especially in this song, the drums are in this song are very like predecessor to like emos, like and definitely some some you know kind of punk elements in there. And, and, and it is, because otherwise, it's basically, I mean, if you look at the the roster of musicians, I mean, it's be, I'm going to butcher all these names, but like Nina Kerner is on lead vocals. Jorn Yui Farrenkrog-Peterson is on keyboards. Carlo Cargus is uh, guitars. Jürgen Demel on bass. And Rolf Brendel on drums. So, I mean, it's a pretty standard lineup for a band, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's keys, guitar, bass, mm-hmm. drum, singer but mm-hmm. it doesn't really sound like your typical rock and roll band of, you know, 60s 70s fame. I mean, it's 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 set it, it it seems like the music is situated around whatever the keyboard player is doing. Mhm.
3: Mm-hmm. And okay. just like the the soaring like m- mostly the solos and any kind of the big melodic lines are all mm. keys. Cool. Well, we're probably wrong, but <laughs>
0: listening to it this week like it's cool and it's catchy but it's also like god it's right on the border of just sounding so cheesy like just the tone and i mean because it is a dated song just because of the sound of all of the instruments that are going on
2: that's why my cheesy 80s band chose to do it it was quintessentially you know that, it's got that lick, you know, that, Definitely. Way, na, na, that little pitch bend. It's the right after the... Oh, my God. And then at the, at
0: the end of it, they do the record scratch. The... You know, like, into the back into the song. And that that's probably the cheesiest part of the song, is that little,
2: like, record scratch thing. And that it, cheesiness is now... I mean, like, it's just like... That okay. cheesiness is now embraced the same way, like, the cheesiness of a bad keyboard in old <laughs> reggae records and stuff. Mm-hmm, like, that's mm-hmm. all they had in, in Germany. <laughs> no, they actually sounded good. The synth sounded good on it. I was trying to f- determine what they were. I'm not a huge synth guy yet. I want to be, but... I was trying to determine. I, I heard three different keyboards, uh, organ, and that pad synth in the beginning, and that other that wave saw lead. I almost feel
0: like too, like the the it just nothing sounds raw at all when I hear any kind of new wave. There's no raw anything.
3: I feel like her voice sounds pretty raw. Her
0: voice is very affected. Like there are a lot of effects going on uh well i
3: mean it's not like i'm I'm talking raw in a different sense just her attack
2: it's primal the whole thing has an energy and i think if we played that song at our gigs people would have gone nuts if we just busted that out out of nowhere like can you imagine seeing that band live like in a small place in a small Mm -hmm. club in germany oh yeah yeah i mean that would be powerful there's a live there's a
0: live version of it the the singles version where the end the slow end part is all a live show it sounds like in germany because they all start singing in german mm-hmm. and it's very it's very yeah. cool and, and very powerful yeah
2: i can imagine that would be amazing and in like a, a and like, we, room.
0: yeah yeah and like we said i mean this was a german language song that hit number two on the u.s charts behind van halen's jump i mm-hmm. didn't look up how many songs have done that before but i mm-hmm. doubt there's many just song no i think language.
3: the only one that beat it i read was rock me amadeus which i don't even know that song really
0: <laughs> rock me amadeus <laughs> i like think a it wagon went to wheel? number one maybe rock me Am- amadeus like the way i feel
1: <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: Well, speaking of rock, I mean, did y'all watch the music video, mm-hmm. the, like, original music video?
3: Yeah, the one where they're just in the field?
0: Yeah, and, like, smoke, colored smoke starts coming, mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm, mm-hmm. playing, and there's a lot of poofed up hair, and, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was into it. it. It's cool. I mean, it's not nearly as cheesy as a bunch of videos we've done, especially from the 80s. Yeah. But, like, I her like just... It, like, it fit. You know, you get, like, some B footage of her walking through the field with, like, this leather vest on
3: Mm mm-hmm well i just i definitely fit with the theme like i mean anything in germany i guess i don't know i just think of like fog and overcast the video made sense to me
0: fog and overcast in a field with colored smoke that's what i think about when i think about germany and you know what that creates it creates quite a vibe and that's going to bring us to the vibe time portion of this podcast and uh mike you as a guest have to bring us into vibe time. You just you can do anything you want, but you need to set the vibe. In three, two, one.
1: All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you have to there see the go. chops off the, off the
0: off the cuff with that with that mustache. If only the <laughs> only listeners could see that mustache, it it it, it works wonders. So the ladies say, uh, Neil. When specifically do you want to hear this song?
3: Well, I want to hear this while I'm driving to your house. Let me explain. So this has been on my radar the past couple of weeks, and I think I decided to do this song. I was driving with my brother, his wife, and my wife up to your house for that last Sunday dinner we had, and we put this on and rocked out to it on the way there. So it is a good driving song, but I will say one of the coolest things about this song is... That it does have kind of like a a faux future quality to it. I could picture people in like forty eighty, like still rocking out to the song. It has a long lasting effect. It feels like it is from the future and the past at the same time.
0: Interesting. I I, I love the fact that you think that humanity's still going to exist in forty eighty. So hey man,
3: I'm an optimist.
0: That's that's optimistic, Mike. If there was a specific time you could hear this song, what uh, when would it be?
2: I feel like I want to see someone cover it now. Now that we've gotten into it, I want to see it. I want to see somebody, like I just mentioned, like whip it out that you wouldn't expect, and be like, "No, oh my God, they're doing
0: it!" Just whip it out, and then the and doing like, the
2: German version.
0: I want to hear. So I've been watching the new uh, batch of unsolved mysteries on, on Netflix recently. You know, like they release them, and there's like eight or nine of them, and then so- I don't
2: like those at all. Why? Because I like watching true crime, I don't. I like it solved. I know. I, know. I have the same feeling. So just annoying! Why invest I all this time for an unsolved?
3: It's story. just a bunch of sad people talking about their <laughs> lost lives. It love.
2: hasn't been figured out. If you know anything, I don't know anything. I came to watch. Find
3: <laughs> it's out. been thirty years. We still have no idea. Well, yeah, fair
0: point. But I, I, I don't mind it. But they have, like, the the random, like, alien episode, right? Like, somebody sees Mm -hmm. something in the sky. So I would love to see just a random alien episode of this or whatever those dumb alien shows are on History Channel that are all the time and they just find a perfect spot to like throw this song in
3: there. Do you want the actual song or you just want it teased in the background? <laughs> I, want, I
0: want, I want, and the murder's unsolved. And do you oh, want it a out of key bump. like I just did?
3: <laughs> do you want it a little flat?
2: <laughs> I kind of like this, this idea of the, you have your optimal place that you'd like it and then the alternate's like, well, for my B and C choices, doctor's <laughs> office would be nice in the waiting room.
0: Actually, dentist office under the Novocaine. That would, <laughs> yeah, that would add to the noises going on in a in a very. Uh, well, I think nitrous
2: way. would be the proper with balloons and
0: everything. <laughs> mm. Ooh. Yes, yes. So I think
2: we we should all just
0: change ours to. Yep, yep. A yep. Around when you're a doing take of address. nitrous. That, that. <laughs> the time to, the perfect time to hear this song is with with a tank of nitrous uh there you
1: go.
0: and speaking of a tank of nitrous i think uh that brings us under the influence for the evening fellas uh <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll get a start as I me mean, obviously you know the rolling stones influenced this song because it sounds like the the seeds were planted uh, at a rolling stones concert the cold war for sure right blondie i mean this just sounds so blondie and then, you know, they, mm-hmm. they have that, that other 80s song that was kind of weird about the Cold War and Germany was the Winds of Change. You know? Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah, well, this is... I mean, there's something fun about Winds of Change, but I think that this is a little better. I think winds This of is change. not as cheesy as Winds of Change. Take me down in Donkey is Park. <laughs> is it donkey uh, or dorky? They definitely don't say donkey in that song. <laughs> down in Donkey Park. <laughs> 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 that is a nice whistle, though. It's a nice whistle.
0: It's hard to say whether her voice had an influence on anybody in America because it it does sound a lot like voices of the '80s. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, sure, you hear traces in something like Carano or Taylor Swift and some of her synthie stuff. So, but I, I don't know if she had any influence on that. Mike, what do you think? what do you, What do you what do you hear when you hear this song?
2: I think Blondie nailed it. I I was trying to think of that, like. Who do I know? It, it wasn't my direction of music, but I had friends that were into, like, some of them were, like, sober, like, straight heads that were into, like, punk, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Some of them were really druggies. It was like there's no yeah. middle class there.
0: I've never heard of uh, straight heads. Do you mean skin heads, or do you mean just, like, so, straight edge.
2: People? Straight edge. Oh, I thought you said straight heads. It was a movement back in the 90s, the straight edge movement.
0: You have to remember I'm a little, I'm a little younger drum, than you guys. They all so. those
2: drum designs on their drum head it's like uh, yeah.
3: huh I, mean, I must have
2: I
0: missed didn't that know there
3: game. was a movement with a logo and shit. I don't know <laughs> I, that, It was underground. <laughs> um, but but anyway, Mike, I agree. Um, it definitely has some punk in it. The way they attack it and some of the covers I've heard where it's just like you can tell this is kind of like da 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 like it definitely has that sound to it josh you hit most of the kind of contemporaries but it definitely vamps disco it is a bit but it definitely reminds me of the first video on mtv video killed the radio star just kind of the the poppy quality of the chorus. Oh yeah yeah for sure we we already mentioned them uh soft Cell, tainted love kind of sounds like this um and moving forward it does remind me of the killers a little bit. And I think it's just because they both say eager eye or something like and ways like that eager eye. Um, I don't know. It, it reminded me of Mr. Your
0: evil. I always thought he said evil
3: eye. I think it's eager eagle. Maybe it's e- I think it's eagle. Actually eagle. eye would make more sense. Than um, all but they but she says that in the American version. And for some reason, I don't know, the killers have that pop kind of hard quality to them.
0: well uh speaking of that pop hard (laughs) hard quality i think that's time we uh mike if you'll if you'll be so kind as to join us under the covers this week as we discuss the covers of this song there wasn't a whole lot honestly there's a lot of versions i think that they've released that have some variation but mike (laughs) did you listen to any covers of this song
2: Uh, Yeah, I I listened to one that Neil sent me from The Operators that was kind of hard and masculine. And then I listened to this other one that was kind of soft and and emo, kind of indie.
3: Was that the the sleep one?
2: Yeah. That was I was like, this is an interesting take.
0: That was a little too much slow piano for me. It was a little too sincere of the take. It took
2: away... It stripped away all the things I loved about it—the yeah. poetic aspect of. You think it's a celebration, but it ends up ruining the world. And, <laughs> and that one, the guy's already depressed, like untreatably. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he's not even partying. He's go—he's going
0: gentle into that good night. And he's like, I mean? there is no hope. Everything's already rubble. Yeah. <laughs> he's almost the... like.
2: I feel like. I feel like his song. That guy's song is like somebody got him balloons to feel better, and he was like, take your balloons and just, like, let them go. You're talking
3: and, about the yeah. one I sent you, The Outsiders? No, no, no he's talking
2: about sleeping okay, at last. Okay, okay.
0: Because The Operators is, is more like an indie rock version that doesn't... Like Nick Cave or something. Yeah, right? but it doesn't, like, use it the breakdown or the riff to the effect well, that it needs.
3: I, no, I think he made it... It was, it was my favorite cover, and the fact that he took out the breakdown and just focused... That what? is a low bar you've heard a bit, like you got to be careful with this song like it can turn to no, I'm saying you said that's the, it's the best cover
0: fast, because the the rest of the covers
2: suck
3: yeah
0: yeah it that sounded I'm not saying, a little
2: bit like manufactured grit kind of yeah
3: <laughs> maybe
0: well it just it sounds like what an indie rock band would go in and be like let's just go don 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 don, don, don 99 love balloons don 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 but Mm -hmm. honestly but but you're right in that it is at least more interesting than the
1: 99 love
0: (laughs) which is (laughs) which is like the other all the other covers by like Goldfinger that Goldfinger
3: is a fucking tragedy Jesus Christ
0: and 7 Seconds isn't any better I 7
3: Seconds was better
0: (laughs) they were both memorably terrible in my mind
3: my favorite, well, actually, I'm sorry. My favorite cover was Homer Simpson. Do you guys see that? No. He I wish like I seen there's that. a clip from an episode where I guess there's some German hikers that he's entertaining at his house, and then he's he's in like what what are the German outfits called where they drink beer in? What are those called? Liederhosen. Liederhosen. Yeah. Well, so, so Homer's in Lederhosen and singing this song in German for tips from them. <laughs> he's just sadly wandering around this kitchen it's pretty
0: great great. Uh, homer simpson (laughs) real american hero all right well on that note uh how does how does the shoe fit neil for 99 left
2: wait before you go there i just want to say this is one of those songs that i believe falls into the category of uncoverable because it's so topical to what they were dealing with and it's so perfect Mm -hmm. that there's nothing you can add to it Except yes, novelty yeah. for doing it in the first
0: place. Yes, exactly, and that's what we're gonna do here in about five minutes. Uh,
2: <laughs> that's fine because it applies. We're you're doing it because it's yeah. built into the thing, but you're you're not really. You know, these have no. all just been takes on getting into the world of the people that Absolute, do it. Absolutely, it's this a song. Tribute.
0: This song is singular. It's not. It's a song that should not be covered. Okay, so we agree. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, unless it's unless it's by me, obviously.
2: Or, yeah, or the yeah, operators. that's going to be incredible. I can't wait to br- the Mississippi <laughs> action that you bring to that because to there's some Berlin, balloons that have been floated to a place I've never been there yeah. too, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the ones from the one prom to the other prom on on the other side of town. Are you talking they about? Float are you talking balloons.
0: about from the all white prom to the all black prom? Which, well, if you, if I can you say it because when I was growing up, that shit existed.
2: Yeah, uh. <laughs> so you can bring that bring that kind of connection people are just trying to reach through
0: good point mike good point and and on that <laughs> and on that note uh it's time to talk about how the shoe fits so neil how does the shoe fit for 99 luft Baloo?
3: well i think there is a million different ways you could take this but i'm gonna just opt for the simple um combat boots and a choice scarf um <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, mike what, what about you how does the shoe fit for you bud
2: I just get platform stilettos with a, you know, a serrated blade. Cool. With a serrated blade. A choice serration. <laughs> I like, choice I like blade. It better be a choice serration. There
0: better be choice serration. I don't really care how the shoes are as long as I can step on that balloon. Oh. <laughs> well, then you would like my shoes. Exactly. It'll um. take care of it. <laughs> and on that note, uh, our cover of Nina's 99 Balloons
1: You and I in a little toy shop buy a bag of balloons with the money we got set them free at the break of dawn till one by one they were gone back at base bugs in the software flash the message Something's out there Floating in the summer sky 99 red balloons go by 99 red balloons Floating in the summer sky Panic bells, is a red alert There's something here somewhere else the war machine springs to life opens up one eager eye focusing it on the sky where the 99 red balloons go by 99 decision street 99 ministers meet Out in a hurry This is what we've waited for This is it boys This is war The president is on the line As 99 red balloons go by 99 nights of air Ride super high tech jet fighters Everyone's a superhero Everyone's a Captain Kirk With orders to identify To clarify and classify Scramble in the summer sky As 99 red balloons go by As 99 red balloons go by 99 dreams I have had And everyone a red balloon It's all over and I'm standing pretty In the dust that was a city If I could find a souvenir Just to prove the world was here And here is a red balloon I think of you and let it go
3: Okay, the cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond. Thanks for listening to Podgave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a good rating on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Podgave Rock. Next week is Josh's week. What are we going to talk about?
0: We are going to discuss 1979 by the the Smashing Pumpkins.
1: Can't wait! (laughs)